to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of April 3, 2022. The Tri-State Library users are selling 32-gigabyte flash drives and SD cards for $15 each to raise money for the organization. To order, call the KCB office at 502-895-4598. You can pick up flash drives or SD cards at the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind in-person events, or we can mail them to you. Add $3 for shipping. GLCB held its spring quarterly meeting on Saturday, April 2. 20 people attended in person, and 11 were on the Zoom line for a total of 31. Directors were elected to serve for the next two years on the GLCB board. All four were incumbents, and they are Trina Muncy from New Albany, Debbie Green from Elizabethtown, Debbie Persons, and Restoria Jackson from Louisville. Thanks to Steve Weiser and Janet Dickelman, our program presenters. Thanks to Brock Persons and Natalie Couch for their teamwork in bringing us an outstanding hybrid experience. Thanks to Patty Cox, Samantha Hubbard, and Debbie Persons for preparing and serving a delicious meal of ranch chicken tenders, mashed potatoes, green beans, salad with homemade croutons, and apple and cherry dump cake. Thanks to Alan Shriptinko for preparing and serving the coffee and hot chocolate throughout the chilly afternoon. And thanks to Adam Rushevel, Joey Couch, Debbie Dethridge, and Deb Lewis for their help and support in many different ways. And, of course, thanks to all who participated. Our next roundabout is virtual. It will be on Saturday, April 9, from 2 to 4 on the KCB Zoom line. Then, on April 16, we'll have another hybrid event. This time, we'll be playing bingo, both in person and on the Zoom line, from 2 to 4. Doors will open for the in-person event at 1. Dinner will be served at 4, followed by a bargain table. We ask that you make return rides from a hybrid event by 6 p.m. The KCB Zoom number is 669-900-6833, and the code is 862-9889-6972. Are you interested in devices that might assist a person who is blind or visually impaired to navigate the environment in an unusual way? Plan to join the South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind Social Hour on Wednesday, April 6, from 2 to 3 p.m. Central, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, to learn about the Wayband from WearWorks. Wayband is a wearable wristband that can help a blind or visually impaired person navigate the environment through the use of vibrations. The Zoom number for the call is 669-900-6833. The code is 763-689-4411. The passcode, should you need it, is 25852. ACB Lions invites blind and visually impaired lions across the country to its next meeting on Thursday, April 7 at 8.30 Eastern Time. The Zoom number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 842-3825-0700. The next three events are all on the KCB Zoom line at 669-900-6833 
and the code is 862-9889-6971. The Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, KCB's Owensboro Chapter, meets on Tuesday, April 12. They will be learning about the Library Users of America and ACB families, two special interest affiliates within the American Council of the Blind that have many interesting activities and events. Then Next Generation will hold its monthly business meeting on Thursday, April 14 at 8 p.m., also on the Zoom line. And then Tri-State Library Users invites everyone to its next book club and business meeting on Friday, April 15 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, also on the KCB Zoom line. They're getting ready for the Kentucky Derby this month by reading the book Secretariat. For more information about the book club and Tri-State Library users, contact Natalie Couch, President, at 217-369-5139. There are endless questions related to Social Security Disability and SSI benefits. Am I eligible? Can I work part-time or full-time and draw benefits? Can I have any additional income? It goes on and on. On page two, we bring you an ACB Families program presented by Cindy LeBon, a benefits counselor with the Social Security Administration from Gaithersburg, Maryland. Cindy is blind, and she is extremely well-versed on an array of issues related to benefits, working, and additional income. As always, we welcome your comments and suggestions for future programs. Give us a call at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Thanks for listening to Soundprints this week. Page 2. We're going to go on and get started. People are still coming in. So far we have 45 connections and that's really good. Um, I'm Carla Rushable. I'm the president of ACB Families. Uh, our host is Natalie Couch. I want to thank her uh, in the beginning for being our host this evening. Also, want to thank Cindy Laban for being here. Cindy is our presenter this evening, and she's going to be talking about um, SSDI and SSI and how you can use things like uh, various exclusions and other things to make sure that your benefits and your work uh, experience all uh, kind of work together and uh, are beneficial to you. Cindy is with the Social Security Administration, and uh, her specialty is making sure that people uh, know uh, know how to um, combine their uh, work and their uh, benefits and so on, so it can be beneficial to them. So, Cindy. I'm going to turn the time over to you. First of all, I want to thank Carla and families, and thanks, Natalie, for hosting, um, for inviting me to do this tonight presentation, because I'm here to tell you it is very, very important. Now, if you're over 66, have a listen, and maybe you know somebody, because once you're 66, you automatically, if you are receiving SSDI, you will automatically revert to retired and then you can make as much as you want. I know I'm doing it. And um, you get that little addition every year. If you are receiving SSI, you don't retire. You're still SSI 
I have a couple of people in their 70s. I got a guy who's 79 years old. He's working. He has SSI. But actually, he's moving into SS Social Security. So um, he won't be with me any longer. But anyways, I just want to say thank you. And the one thing I want to ask is, do you know what you're receiving? Um, half of the people don't even know what benefit they get. Do you get SSI? Do you get SSDI? Do you get both SSI and SSDI? Because they now come on one chest. And I'll tell you why you may get both. Do you get CDB, which is Childhood Disability Benefit, or used to be DAC, Disabled Adult Child. And that means you are were disabled prior to age 22, and you're receiving from a parent who is either deceased Disabled or retired. So those are the three reasons. Now, there are some people who, believe it or not, I worked with a guy a couple of years ago. He gets all three. That was a lot of work. So, um, and, I, you know, a lot of people don't know what they get. They'll go, oh, I get disability. No, you don't. You get SSI. SSI is not disability. It's supplemental security income, which used to be called Back in the day, welfare, okay? So the other thing I want to ask you, are you sure that you are considered a stat blind on Social Security's records? Because a lot of times people have multiple disabilities. They don't apply under their vision because, oh, I feel sick. I don't have this. They go to the doctor and, you know, they apply for disability under say, a physician, but not an ophthalmologist or a neurologist. So they get disability based on the, I call it for the regular people, you know. So that can have a big effect on your work-related expenses, your blind work expenses, and what you can take as a work-related ex expense. Um, if your vision is 2200 in your better eye with correction, or 20 degrees, which is basically a lot of what um, people with RP use go by that. On some glaucoma patients, I don't, you know, is it's worse, worse, better than 20 degrees, then you're considered stat, stat blind or statutorily blind. Let's start with SSI. SSI is funded through tax revenue, okay, where SSDI is funded because you've worked. So if you get 841 and that's it, you're more than likely SSI. If you get 861, you're CDB and SSI. What that means is you're getting some money off of a parent like I said, disabled, blind, uh, disabled, retired, or deceased, but they're not going to give you their full amount. The one thing I want to tell anybody who's getting SSI, whatever you do, apply for food stamps, or as they call it now, SNAP. It, yeah, I mean, some people say, well, you know, they don't want to do it. They're embarrassed to do it. Do it. You're entitled to it. So, Granted, I don't know about the social services people in your areas, but around here, they aren't very nice. But you know what? Too bad. Do it anyway. 
So um, now there are some people who get SSI that are only getting 500 and um, five, ah, and you're getting 561, but your SSI. That's because you're living with your family, and what they do is they hold out $280 for shelter and food. Now, you think, well, that's not fair. Well, once you're 18 years old, you are not that their family anymore. You're your own family. Now, if you're married and you have a spouse, your combo is going to be 1261 so, um, and as you would know, you are all subject to an annual review every year. Okay, does anybody have a question? That would be me. My name is Heidi. <clears throat> um, my, my quick question for you is I've applied for SSDI, and I, you might get into this a little bit later. Um, I am 47 years old. I am legally blind as of last April. Um, and I'm still waiting for my SSDI to come through since October of last year. Um, so is there anything else that I should be looking to apply for besides SSDI? Well, I am going to get into that, but I'll go ahead and ask your question. Oh, okay. You might forget the question you asked. Ah. <laughs> so there's really all you can do is hope that you submitted everything because it goes through either your state, DDS, right. that's Department of Disabled Disability Services, Okay. They will report that Social Security, they turn all of your paperwork over to them. Okay. Once you get your quote, and they could come back. Now, yeah, it is, the average is supposed to be five months, but it's longer because they're not in their offices. And Social Security, there's only two people, sometimes three, in every Social Security office in the country. So they go back March 30th, but they're still not going to go back every day because okay. they're kind of cramped in there, and mm -hmm. they all average about a 1,000 emails, calls a day plus. Oh, my gosh. Two or 300 faxes and emails. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my, you know, you should hear. Now, you can set up a My Social Security account. I gave you all that information a couple mm -hmm. of times. So if anybody wants to write something down, be ready. Okay, so um, you can set up a My Social Security account online. Go to ssa.gov slash my, so I got to look it up, my, SS, my Social Security account, which you can do, and you can fill it out. Please don't do like I did and lose your um, password and your um, username. And anybody, mm -hmm. I don't care if you're 90, you can still fill that out. Mm -hmm. So, uh and then once you get that all filled out, then you can follow along. Now, what I would do, okay, you did October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Now, you should hear pretty soon. What state okay. are you in? I'm in Washington State. Oh, okay. So you should hear pretty soon. Bill. You was talking about the 280 they take out uh, for mm -hmm. uh, housing. Um, is that? Uh, if you receive Section 8, is that the part of 280? No, 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 no. That's if you live like, say, if you live with your family or something and you are not paying your own rent, you know, you're not paying, they will hold it. They'll hold that out because everybody is in 
supposed to pay rent or you're considered homeless. So we're all supposed to pay something. So let's just say I have a kid who's 21 and if I'm not going to get rent out of him, I'm going to make sure Social Security, they take it. You know what I mean? Do I get it back? No. But I mean, they're going to hold out a third. But you're, if you have subsidized housing, then, uh, you know, you, you do your own rent. That's just if you are living in a, your household. That's all. One. My question is, um, so I don't, I, I don't have Social Security, but my girlfriend does. And my question was, if I ever get married um, to, to anybody who has Social Security, how does that affect it? Um, like, okay. like I said, I don't have Social Security right now. But, okay, does um, she have SSI, DI? Yes. She has I think SSI. she got SSI, yeah. If you get married, if you marry her, mm-hmm. then what happens is your income mm-hmm. is counted for her. It will affect her SSI. Okay. It may make it bad, but yes, there is an effect if you get if you marry her. Okay. Whether she's working or not, it will affect because you know you're a two person household. It's yours is hers. Let's say Social Security goes by cannibal income. They don't use your gross income. They use cannibal income, and mm-hmm. we all use charts. Okay. And they're kind of preset. Okay. Now, let's say what they do is let's say you make a thousand dollars a month. And I use a thousand because it's easy. Okay. Okay. So let's just say you only earn a thousand mm-hmm. and you have SSI of 841. All right. They take, if there's exclusions, now these are safety nets for everybody. So they deduct $85. Okay. That brings it to 915. Okay? But you don't mm-hmm. have any blind work expenses. If you are not set blind, then those are called ERWIs, impairment related work expenses. If you are blind, they're called blind work expenses. So what they do is they if you're blind, you get take off the exclusions, brings it to 915. They cut it in half. Okay, and it brings mm-hmm. you to three eighty four. So then you also have your thousand from working. So your SSI is three eighty four. Your thousand brings you to thirteen eighty four. Oh wow! Okay, but all blind folks are going to have some kind of an expense. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know, um, and you really rake it in if you've got a guide dog. So now. If you have blind work expenses of, let's say, 150, that brings you to 307. If you were were not stat blind, it would be 382. So you're better off getting the 307 or the bring it. Because see, what you want to do is this: let's say you get a thousand, and mm-hmm. you have. They take off the 85, brings you to 915, but you only have $15 worth of work-related expenses because, let's say, you take the bus to work, which you can't count as, a, as transportation because you have no receipt, or you take, um, or you walk, 
Okay, so that and you just use their fifteen dollars to say medical. Mm-hmm. So that brings you to nine hundred. So you cut the nine hundred and a half, which is four fifty. You would get the difference between four fifty and eight forty one. Oh, okay. Now that is if you have nothing and you go to work part time or something like that. You know. No. Now let's say you. But here's the thing about a blind person. Blind people get a lot more work-related expense or blind work expenses than if you're not blind. First of all, you have to save your pay stubs. You have to turn them in by the seventh of the month. The best way is to fax to your local Social Security office because if you fax, you have a receipt. Now, right now, you can't go in. You can go to the Dropbox certain hours of the day. Each office has a Dropbox. They're open like a couple hours a day, every day, but you have no, there's no receipt, okay? You can't yeah. use it. The only way is to fax or eventually, they're not going to let people in unless they have an appointment for specific things. So I know faxing isn't cheap, but it's, you know, you want to get them reported. If you don't, you will end up on an overpayment and it's too much paperwork for us and for you. So let's say you have a guide dog. Okay. What have you, what can you take? You have a guide dog, all his vet bills. Well, I'm saying everybody, if you have a guide dog, all your vet bills, all the food bills, frosty paws, you buy a bed for work, not home, but a bed for work. All of that is a work-related or is a blind work expense, okay? So you could possibly have somebody who makes, oh, $1,000 a month. You take off the exclusions of 85, bring it down to 915. You could have $200 worth of work-related expenses, brings it down to uh, uh, 915, brings it down to 715. Cut that seven fifteen in half, which is like the three something, three twenty. That's the no. difference between three. what three. what it says. I'm just doing this in my head right now. So um <laughs> it's like three eighty five, I think, three seventy five. So let's just say it's three seventy five. You get the difference. You get your thousand dollars a plus the difference between let's say three seventy and 841 in your SSI. Now, when you have SSI, they take your check, okay, and they use your taxes. Your taxes are a blind work expense, such as you can use your um, um, state, federal, they take out Medicare. That is all a a blind work expense. But if you have SSDI, you don't get to take that stuff. Oh, darn. Okay? But if you have SSI, they take that. If you, they count your days from, say, March 1 until March 31. They look and you work 20 days. They're going to look at all 20 days. If you're out sick, they're not going to count that against you. If you, for some reason, you're not there, you take vacation. They're not going to count that against you. So you may not make your salary. You may not work your 20 hours a month. You may work six. They're not going to count that against you. You get so many 
There's so many exclusions that are available to you. Now, let's say the other thing you want to do because you're working, let's say you're making 3000 a month, okay? Odds are you're not going to have enough work-related expenses to bring you to zero that will bring you down where you can keep your 841. So let's say you go to zero on your SSI. And what are your family? They're all saying, oh, my God, you're going to lose your medical. You're going to lose everything. No, you're not. You're not going to lose any. Your Medicaid will stay, or medical assistance, or Medi-Cal, if you're in California, is going to stay. They're going to keep it. Okay? It's not going to go anywhere. There's there a lot of people. There are thresholds set up for every state, and you would have to go over that threshold. income For you to be in order for you to lose your Medicaid. And there are 69 ways to have medical, medical assistance, just saying. So a lot of them you don't want, but if your state has a Medicaid buy-in program, you can go into that because, as you know, you can't have more than $2,000 a month or you're, they'll cut you off. And if you don't respond to Medicaid or Social Security for your SSI in a year and you don't show up for that annual review, they can Close your case. So you want to make sure it's a lot of paperwork, I know, but what they're going to sell, tell you is, well, you applied, you know, you chose. It's a, it's a choice we all have to make, you know, and, and it's hard. And let's say you have an overpayment. Say you get, you're not working in January, you got a job February, but the February doesn't catch up to you till April because they have to process. Remember, there's a lot of people receiving benefits, so they have to process your benefits. So every threshold, now the highest states with thresholds, the lowest are in the South. A lot of states have 35,000. A lot of states, most of us are in the 40s. California has 55,000. They've got like the highest. You would think it would be Alaska or Hawaii, but it's not. Um, so it takes a lot for a person who is receiving SSI to hit that threshold that's blind because of all the exclusions you have. Look, I mean, when you look at your taking your taxes every week out of your check and how much you pay, about a quarter of your income a month goes to taxes. Well, you get to count that. And they will, they will, they will do that. Um, there is a retired claims rep on here. He knows that. So, um, and they take care of all of that. So, but what you want to do is you have to keep your pay stubs because you keep your pay stubs, they are going to want them. My recommendation and what we tell everybody, call, your, use your local number don't use, we rec, every since I got into this in 2011, they told us to only use the local office. When I was in training, there were 23 in my class out in Phoenix. And we called the 800 number at the same time, all of us. Out of the 23 of us, 20 of us got different answers. Only three got the same response. 
because you'll call and say, well, I got a job and they're going to say, oh, I know. Well, know that they know what IRS reported, but that doesn't mean IRS reported correctly. I have a guy who said he worked for the liquor board. He's a teacher. County. So they saw county. So that was it. And they had his payroll. That's why you want to make sure that you keep your checks. And when you send in your checks and you fax them on one of the checks, you know, all your checks have the last four digits. Put your the first um, five on the front so that they'll know. And put a note with your facts that covers. I know, and because we're blind, this is hard. Unfortunately, it's going to take some sighted help. So, um, but those are the things that are the most important. And if you have an overpayment, what you can do, there are forms you can fill out. If you do it, you can do a 561, which is a reconsideration form within 60 days that you messed up. Because remember, the overpayment, not their fault. Well, actually, now some of them are their fault. But as long as you have your backups, you're good. You can send a 561 form to show, yes, I pay, I have report, here's my check, here's my work, blind work expenses, blah, blah, blah. Or you can do a waiver of overpayment that you don't have the money. It's pretty long. That is not online. I have to send it to you. And you can, and if you can go in and you really nice to the person on the phone, you as they told us, it takes a lot of donuts to keep these claims reps happy. So um, what you want to do is you can do a waiver at any time that you can't afford it. But what they're going to want is they're going to need to know all of your expenses. I mean, you can guess at grocery sort of, but like your rent you'll have to have on there, stuff like that. And um your utilities, if you pay utilities, they're going to want copies of a bill or two to see that, okay, I don't have any money. So does anybody have a question? Let's say that you've had an overpayment and um, they've got you set up for whatever you're doing to pay it back or whatever, but your, mm-hmm. your circumstances change, so mm-hmm. you can fill that out again? Yeah. Okay. You can, and if you don't like what they said, you can appeal everything that through social security. You can, and sometimes you appeal enough that we get so tired of you that, you know, they might take it. Because, I mean, you know, if you have SSI and you lose your job and you had an overpayment, the first thing they're going to say is, can we make an arrangement on how you can pay it back? And they want 10%. So out of your 841, they're going to want $84. Somehow you're going to, because you know, and they're going to take it from your check. They will take 10% unless you can show them that I can't pay that much, but I'll pay. And this is if you're guilty, you know, because you don't have your checks. You don't have anything. And you have to have those checks. Okay. Now, if you work with a benefits counselor, which I'll give you that, you know, probably have that ticket to work number, and they'll assign you to a state, and they will hook you up. I have... All my beneficiaries, I don't care if they come by the office. I don't care how they get me their pay stuff. Just bring me a copy of your pay stuff. Or they'll bring them to me. Well, we can't do it now. And I would copy them and give them their originals back. But a benefits counselor, will they're there for you forever. So 
I have some that call me once a month, some that call me once a year because I'm really not working with them anymore, and like that, because that is your best friend. Because the claims reps in the office, remember, there's 72 million people receiving a benefit, so they're working with all of them. So that's why they have that's why they have benefits counselors. There's 450 of us in the state. So this is why you want to work with one. Do we get yelled at? Oh, heck yeah. But I didn't get that overpayment. You said, I had a guy say to me, well, I didn't think they'd catch me. You know? So what you want to do is if you're working, you're getting SSI, and your pay changes for some reason, say I, you're out of work now for the next month because you're sick, You've got to tell them you're not because they will estimate your earnings. When you work with a benefits counselor and she gets your VPQY, benefit planning query, and she says to you, and you're blind because you got two prosthetic eyes, but they've got you with not stat blind. If you're working, that's when you change it. You can't change it before you get a job. Got to change it while you're, when, as soon as you get that, do you get a job? You do the benefits count. Don't wait till you've been in the job a year and you've got, I had, um, and you have a big overpayment. You want to get it started now. Let me tell you, it's too much paperwork and I'm not in a good mood when I come home. And I don't want to, God forbid, I'm not going to, the dog will kick me. I'd never get the dog, the dog will get me. So, you know, 1619B is also another good, you know, you go over you will always be financially better off by working when you have SSI. So you want to be careful and you want to remember, watch that 2000. So you think you're going to go over, you set yourself up an ABLE account. Put that money in there. ABLE accounts, and I'm sure a lot of you know what they are. You, it, It's mostly for people who have SSI. You were disabled prior to the age of 26. And you can put money in there. Now, you can't draw it out if you're going to the ATM, but if you need it for, like, you need to want to buy technology, you're saving, you buy a computer, you buy, you know, you get a new guide dog and you got to buy a bed and you got to buy food, you want to buy toys and you want to buy stuff. You can take it out for that, anything that enables your disability. So now you go to work. Transportation, you take paratransit, or as I call it, parastranded. And um, I know one night I took Natalie, one of Natalie's calls because she was still on, par- on her metro, on her van coming home. So, you know, that's, that's why I call it parastranded. So anyway, you can use that. If you have, and you live in a rural area, you live in an area, and say you live in Louisville, but you get a job in the next county and paratransit doesn't go there. You have to go over the bridge to Indiana and the paratransit's not going to go there. Can you take Uber or Lyft? Yes, you can because you'll have a receipt. But what you have to do is make sure you tell your claims rep that you're assigned to, I can't get a ride, so this is what I have to do. Can you do that? Yes. I have several people that they take, you know, Uber or Lyft to go back and forth because their paratransit doesn't go. And that's the same with SSDI. 
it works the transportation the same. You can't count the bus because you can't get a receipt. Somebody says, well, yeah, but I get a pass every week that you can take that pass, 20 rides, and you could go to the grocery store, the movies, see your girlfriend or boyfriend. They're not going to know that. So that's why the pass isn't going to work. You've got any, no matter what you do, when you have SSI, you have to have a receipt for everything. Let's say you need sunglasses because, you know, the light hurts your eyes outside. Fine. You can buy sunglasses, but don't go buy some, like, um, big name sunglasses that cost $300. You've got to buy an inexpensive pair. Let's say you eat lunch at work. You take your lunch. You can count your lunch. Now, this is just SSI. You can count your lunches at work. If you always tell people, 250 you take your lunch. If you buy lunch, now up to $5 is good enough. But again, it's got to have that receipt. All they, nobody likes paperwork more than Social Security. Okay, so now that's SSDI. So let's go, I mean, SSI, let's go to DI. So let's say we go to DI. That's a lot easier to work with. So when you have SSDI, the SGA amount, which is what they work with, is one is two thousand two hundred and sixty for somebody who's stat blind, one thousand three hundred and fifty for the other people. So that's really good. So let's say you're earning, you get two thousand a month in SSDI, and you got a job making twenty three hundred. And you don't have any work-related expenses. And that's what they, you go by impairment work-related expenses. It isn't worth giving up your SSDI for that. Okay? Because if you have a work-related expense, such as everything I mentioned under SSI, then that's gold. You're gold. You're good. Um, again, you can take all your guide dog expenses except toys, your transportation on paratransit, if you're out of your region that paratransit will go, you can use Uber or Lyft or a taxi or whatever. But then again, you have to make sure your claims rep at Social Security is aware of the policy when you turn it in. And you can look up that policy online. That is doable. The other thing, your worker-related expenses are the same. So you could earn 3000 a month. And let's say you earn three thousand a month, and your S and you, the SGA amount is twenty two sixty. Well, you possibly could have seven hundred and forty. There are people, but it has to be related to your disability. Now, let's say you've never worked. This is your first job. You get a trial work period, nine months. You can earn a million dollars a month. Nobody cares. After that ninth month is when it's going to matter. Say you're in months 10, 11, and 12, you'll get your check. That's giving you time to make sure that you've got all your work-related expenses in order. At the end of your trial work period, you have to fill out a 821 form if you're a wage employee. With all your pay stubs, then you've got to start turning in all your work-related expenses. You're not working, say you quit leave for the next three years, you're in your extended period of eligibility. Sometimes your check's over 2260. Sometimes it's below. You'll get your check, but you've got to turn in your check. Then every month for SSDI. So that is, and that's 
that is really good. I just worked with a blind girl. She has took a job last year. She interviewed online on Zoom. She got it. Think of well, part of it was accessible, part of it wasn't. I said, Don't you dare quit that job. And she didn't. She got the rehab services in there. They made it accessible. She did the job. The pay sucked. It was awful. But you know what? She just got a new job through social services, making twice as much. But guess what? Her SSI still good because she's got between her transportation and her guide dog and all of her other expenses, her SSI, all her taxes, she's good. So she still got some of her SSI. Now, she set up an ABLE account, so she's putting money in there. But what you've got to realize, and if you have some, if you have paratransit, nobody can drive you. You have to, you, you got to use it. Now, unless you run into a problem where they threaten you, but that's a reasonable accommodation that you can try to do something about your hours because of paratransit. Say I, say I drive you to work, that chance. It's 58.05 cents a mile. I give you a letter, you turn that into Social Security, and they'll go, okay, she can drive you, but you can't pay more than this year, it's 58.05 a mile. Okay, so uh, that's pretty much how it goes. Now, you get your extended period of eligibility for three years. If you terminate, no big deal. You still can get your benefits back if you're below SGA after 36 months is up. If you're not working, you still use it. You get your benefits back. You terminate. You've got five years to get your benefit back, and you do not have to reapply. They'll do a medical review. That's it. And they will give you your benefit while you're waiting for the medical review and for everything to be determined. That could be up to six months. Right now, it's even longer, and you're pretty good. So it actually could take nine years totally have to reapply for benefits. So on the other hand, you might only earn 2000 a month and you're good. And you get your, whatever your SSDI is and you're good. Alyssa, what if you're getting direct deposits so therefore you do not officially have pay stubs? And then um, two, so I worked for a while years ago, um, end of 2014 was when I stopped for health reasons. Um, and it was just coming up on the nine-month period of time. Now, granted, I get SSDI through my dad. Um, long story. Anyway, how does the nine-month thing affect okay. if I go if back now? The last time you worked was 14? Yep. They'll start taking off from the back end. Okay. Okay? And then so you can still have some months left. If you didn't complete, they'll start taking off from the back end. Okay. Now, your pay stubs, they come, everybody's come through online, so you got to go in there and pull them off. If you can't get them off, have your employer pull them off. Okay. Okay? Okay. Heidi. Hi there. Just uh, And I just want to clarify this because you keep saying SSI and SSDI. So are these two things that people actually um, apply for in conjunction, like together, or is no. it a certain age limit? No. You get, say you get SSI. And you mm -hmm. start working and you're doing pretty good and you're getting the credits every month, a quarter of 1510. Okay. Okay. Then you can move into SSDI and you'll get a little bit. And so they'll give you SSI and sometimes the DI is more than the I. 
and sometimes the I is more than the D. Okay. And then eventually you can work your way off. However, if you can get SSDI under a parent, and like the other girl, Alyssa, she'll keep her Medicaid. She can if she had if she had SSI before, and she the money was high enough. If it's like fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred a month, they're not going to give you SSI. You're just going to get the DI, the childhood benefit, but you keep your SSI, you keep your Medicaid. That's a special provision. Now you see why they have us. So if you have a work goal, what state are you in, Heidi? I'm I'm in Washington State, and I'm here. That's right. Yeah, and I'm currently um, I'm the one that's applying for SSDI. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm currently getting retrained to go back into the workforce. So I will be going back to work at some point. I just don't know if it'll be my current employer or a different employer. Well, as soon as you go back, you want to call the ticket to work line and I'll give you that number in a couple of minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you probably get their letters all the time anyway. And they are slow right now because with the new grant, there's got a lot of new people and the, um, our clearances are going through very slow. It already takes three to four months. So, I mean, they go all the way back to nursery school when they check you. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's taking, it is taking time. So, let me tell you a tad about self-employment. That's another, you know, a lot of people who are, yes, oh, who's the other person? I'm sorry. Uh, should we let him talk? No. Joey, you can go ahead. <laughs> oh, it's your husband. <laughs> Yeah, all right, got a quick question for you. Um, when you're um, going in, you've worked for five years, and you're going in to uh, you qualify for disability, how far back do they want check stubs to go? If you're just going on to disability, they don't need any. They only want them after you're into your trial work period. So basically, okay. when I when I apply, for example, and I get okayed or whatever, they don't need any past checks. They don't want your past checks from before. Nah, okay. they only care about when you start. That's Thank the you. only thing. Yeah, right. and Thanks. if you're going to work before your entitlement date, you got to just learn a earn a teeny weeny bit, or they won't give it to you. Okay. Remember, it's got to last longer than a year or result in death. Right. Okay. And sometimes it'll do both. <laughs> Amen to that. Especially if you do this job. I love it. My, now, our counselors generally last two years. That's the average life. We've lost almost all ours already. I'm the only one that's been there. I don't even have brains, I guess. I've been doing this for 11. Actually, I'm going to tell you, I lost the rest of my vision two weeks after I finished my assessment, which took eight weeks. That's when I lost the rest of my vision. So see what this does to you. Okay. So self-employment, you want to be self-employed. You want to be self-employed. Um, it can be good. If you like to keep ledgers, go for it because you, there are a lot, you have to track your hours. With SSI, you still turn everything in just like you did. You have to turn in your profit and loss records every year. They will estimate your earnings. Every year by the month, you would tell them, well, I think I'm going to earn $1,000 a month. Now, they go by net earnings because all of your business, all your business expenses are um, counted. You know, you have to track all your business, everything, computer, phone, paper, 
and those are all business. Everything you want to turn into business, even your blind work expenses or your work-related expenses, you want to turn them in. Unfortunately, if you're on SSI, you don't get some of what the uh, SSDI people get, like unincurred business expenses. You don't want to, you don't get that, some of this. That's where you get somebody to help you. The best thing if you're going to do it is do a, do one of the uh, stands, you know, one of the uh, blind, what we always call them BEP stand, um, stores, rather than Randolph Shepard. But if you want to, that's the best one because your rent takes cover. You get to count your rent. I got a call one day. This guy says, I get an overpayment of 92000 No, he didn't. The Social Security claims agent counted him as wage employed when he wasn't wage employed. They go by net earnings, not total earnings. So you could be sitting out on your sailboat on the Chesapeake Bay, retired because you had a blind, uh, you know, one of the BEP stands, stores, cafeterias, all kinds of stuff. I mean, that's the best direction to go. Of course, Randolph Shepard right now, they're not, you know, with all the government buildings being closed and so forth. They haven't been doing so good. They're trying to find other ways to survive. But it is, it's not a bad deal to go if you like to work hard. If you don't want to work hard. And the other thing, I worked for myself doing this for a couple of years. And I'm here to tell you, I never, I love spreadsheets. But it's a lot of calculating, um, tracking. You have to track your hours. If your Social Security 80 hours a month is considered a trial work period month. So that's how they do it. Now, if you get DI and they're doing your pay, you have your pay, your SSDI, you add that up, you put in your work-related expenses, that can bring you down. Now I know it's getting... Deborah, my <laughs> son um, was getting uh, child benefits through his father that uh -huh. was disabled and he was, you know, blind. Right. And when he turned 19, um, the, he was supposed, you know, he applied to continue to receive it. Uh, but the person that helped him fill out paperwork applied for him to get SSDI. And by the time it was kicked back, because, you know, it wasn't SSDI, they didn't know what they were doing, he was in a position where he had to take a job. Now, um, he's currently working in Florida um, in a hotel. The question is this. My son has RP, and so he is already starting to have vision loss. He's 21, and he has been declared legally blind due to peripheral. Right. Can he go back if he ends up not being able to continue to work where he's working at now and apply for his disability, but under, you know, reactivate the child benefit for his father because he would be getting a heck of a lot more money than with him just being, having worked a year. Yeah. He can go under, if his dad's deceased, retired or disabled. Yes. Okay. So right. he can now when go you're back a child to... and you become an adult, you have to reapply because now, if he was under 18 or 19, he was getting money on his dad. But yes, that was, was as a child, not as a disabled person. Yes. Now, he would have to reapply 
as a disabled person and get it under his dad. And you have to make sure most of the claims agents are good at that, but you've got to be sure he's telling him, I'm going to fight under my dad. Now, they'll check to see who's going to get the most from You'll get it from wherever you're going to get the most. It would be his father. You don't, he wouldn't get his whole amount. You mean his father's whole amount? Yeah. He'll probably not no, right. he would, he, then, no, he would get 50%, which is what he was getting Correct. previously. Okay, well, I was going to give you guys a couple of phone numbers. Okay? Now, and I'm sure you get that lovely little letter. So what you want to do is if the rec on my recommendation is to set up a my social security account. Okay. And uh, you can go to SSA.gov slash my account and you can set one up. Now, if you have work related expenses, you can report things there, but not work related expenses and not blind work expenses. Okay. Now, the ticket fork number, which a lot of you probably have them call you or send you little letters, I should say. That number is 866-968-7842. And if you just want to get in and get a tidbit of what your, is going on, you can go to ssa.gov slash redbook. So um, now if you're doing the Affordable Care Act and you just start out on SSDI because you have to wait your two years for Medicare unless you have ESRD or ALS, as soon as you hit that Medicare in two years, you make sure that you tell the Affordable Care Act number, your state exchange, that you're on Medicare because otherwise they'll hit you up for any medical bills that get turned over. So... Okay. And if what I can do is give Carla has my phone number. She can give you my number if you have some questions that are personal um, and want to call me. That's fine. That's okay. That's cool. So that's it. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, then, Cindy, I want to go back to that self employment um, uh -huh. thing just quickly. And the self employment. You talked about some SSI examples, but mm -hmm. um, the self-employment, the work-related expenses or the fund-related expenses, mm -hmm. um, they also apply to um, to SSDI. Yeah, right? SSDI. And, yeah, you can. Yeah, all of them, and you want right. to put all those expenses on your um, for your business on the business side, whatever. And if business doesn't take it, then you put it on the Social Security side. Right, and uh, and so that can be not only a social security incentive, but that can be a big tax incentive as well. Oh, that's a wow, my God! Because they go by net earnings, so that you know you could be earning, you could have earnings of gross earnings of seventy thousand dollars and get it down to twenty, where it looked like you Absolutely. only made twenty thousand. Yep, it's yeah. wonderful. It's fabulous. Yeah, I mean, if you like so, to write, yeah, and that and that is not. And that is not, I just want to make sure people understand that that is not just for the vending area. No, it is uh, for, anything. for anything. I have a lady who raises earthworms on her fifth floor apartment. <laughs> okay? And I am dead serious. I've got a lady who's a psychic. 
And she called to ask me something. I said, well, don't you know? She makes, makes $2,000 a month. She's a psychic, self-employed. That's what she's grosses, but she is, you know, so she does pretty good. Both of them, that earthworm lady does great. You would be surprised what people do for a living to make money. On her fifth floor, her living room is nothing but worms. All right. And so she's got 10000 I'm sure that we could have a lot more questions, but Cindy, we really appreciate you sharing all of this oh, information with us. We had 60 connects on this call at one point for quite some time. So I um, hope everyone has gleaned some useful information from this. Very much appreciate all of you coming. Thanks, Cindy, and thanks, You're Natalie, welcome. for hosting. And if anybody has a question, just text Carla for my number. I'll be happy to help you. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.